Good morning. I want to greet you all in Jesus' name. It's good to see our visitors here. Welcome to all of you that are not normally here and consider yourself visitors. I hope that by the end of today, you will feel like you're just part of us. We invite you to worship with us, and we have some special singing for Sunday school time, and we're looking forward to that. I invite you to turn to Psalms 14. This morning is Youth Sunday, and for those of you that are visiting, we we have about every eight weeks or so, we have a message that is uh, for the young people, the youth in our congregation, and so today is that Sunday for this month, and my message is to you, youth. And the rest of you get to listen in, and I trust that God will minister to our hearts this morning. I'd like to pray before we get started in the message. Shall we bow our heads and pray? Father in heaven, we come and we quiet our hearts before you, and we just say that we are... Uh, in need of your uh, strength and your help and your direction and guidance as we move through the message this morning. Not only that, but we need the Holy Spirit to come and to soften our hearts, to open our hearts, to make our attitude an attitude of worship and and reception to truth. And so, would you come now, Father, in your spirit, and do just that for us. And we'll give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Friday was the first day of April. Somebody tell me what the first day of April is. Young people. Young people. What is the first day of April? April Fools. Nobody knows what April Fools really means except that As long as I can remember, that was the day that you made someone look foolish. Like you pulled a prank on somebody, or you did something, or something happened to you that made you look foolish. But if you do some research, nobody's really certain on why or when that all started. Now, there's some speculation, and it goes way back, way, way, way back. But there's really no solid proof that 
that there was a specific reason or purpose for that. Well, my message is not about April Fool's. But my message is about fools this morning. <clears throat> and, and I knew that I was going to be preaching this message, or preaching today, and so I started looking at the calendar, and I observed that was right close to April 1st, and I started thinking down those paths. And this was weeks ago already. And um, I felt like God was, was, was touching on a subject that um, I should probably preach on, and that is two kinds of fools. Two kinds of fools. That's the title of my message. Two kinds of fools. In Scripture, there are two kinds of fools, young people. And we're going to look at those this morning and try to determine which one we closely are the closest to. Okay? So my goal is that we would, we would have... I want you to have open minds to what I'm going to say this morning. And I want you to, to hear well um, some of the things that, that will be said. And it's not that some of the things can seem a little bit hard, but they're straight from Scripture. And I want to do it in a way that's, that you can receive well, okay? <clears throat> I just remember what it's like to be a, a young person. And I remember what it was like to be foolish as a young person. Myself. I, I just, there were some things, there was a lot of things about my life that were just really foolish. And it struck me as I was studying and preparing for the message that really, I wish I would have heard this message back then. And maybe there was a message, and I don't remember, but I don't recall ever hearing a message preached on the two kinds of fools. In Psalm 14, verse 1, young people, and the rest of you, there's a verse that we all know, and it says this, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. And I just... Just want you to look at that, that first phrase of that verse. There's more to that verse. It says, they are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. That's pretty bleak. That's a pretty, pretty dark picture that the psalmist is writing about. But what I want to focus on is that first phrase there. It says, the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. One thing I want you to notice young people, is that it, it doesn't say that the fool hath said with his mouth, there is no God. What does it say? He hath said it where? In his heart. What does that mean? What does it mean when we say something in our heart? Is it not true that from our heart or in our heart are the deep things of life and that's really what we believe? What's in our heart is what, what we believe. Scripture would teach it. Would you agree that Scripture would teach that? 
So I think it's significant, young people, that we look at that and say, the psalmist says, the fool or the person that is foolish literally believes in his heart, even though he wouldn't say it with his mouth. In his heart, there is no God. And we're going we're gonna to figure out why the fool does that. Why the, why the fool believes that. So I want you to hang on to that, that concept, that principle, that a foolish person is not someone that just gets up in the morning and decides that I'm going to be foolish. No, it rests in the crevices of our heart. That's where foolishness begins. Now, Scripture says <clears throat> that foolishness is bound up in the what of a child? The heart of a child. So you see the connection? There's not a one of us sitting here today myself included, that isn't foolish, hasn't done foolish things, and hasn't played the fool at some point, and maybe still are. Because it is the fallen nature within us. It says the heart of a child is foolish. And then it says, but the what of correction shall drive it far from him? The rod. I'm sure, young people, that you've experienced that rod of correction occasionally. I had my last rod of correction when I was 14 years old. Guess who gave it to me? My mama gave it to me. And I deserved it. I was a rebellious 14-year-old. And she gave it to me good. Because my heart was foolish. Well, what is a fool? And I know we can kind of recoil at this whole, this whole, um, the word fool. Scripture talks about in the, in the New Testament, Jesus says you should not call someone a fool. But Scripture is clear, clearly uses the term fool. So what is a fool? If I would ask you to put a definition to it, what would you, in your mind, what is a fool? You're welcome to speak up, young people. What do you think a fool is? If you would put a definition to it, I know this is really off the cuff, but think about it. What in your mind is a fool? Okay. Older ones, what's a fool in your mind? A person that's not willing to listen to reason? Okay, yeah. Gives no thought for tomorrow? Wise in his own eyes? Now they're quoting scripture, young people. Give an everyday definition. Person that does foolish things. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary online is, says that a fool is a person that lacks judgment and prudence. What's prudence? We all understand judgment. When a person doesn't exercise good judgment, we sort of get that. But what's prudence? Prudence is the ability to govern and discipline oneself by use of reason 
good judgment and caution. So if you're a prudent person this morning, you tend to look at things and say, okay, I'm going to analyze this, um, and I'm going to figure out if this is good or not, and um, you're going to exercise some prudence. You're going to, you're going to be careful about some things. You're not just going to go, go at it without some thought to it. You're going to be a prudent person. And, but a fool lacks those kind of things. Someone else said, and I kind of like this because it makes sense to me, that a person who is foolish or is a fool is seriously out of touch with reality. A person who is foolish or a fool is someone that is seriously out of touch with reality. Or in other words, they are not paying attention to what is proper and right and good in this world we live in. Like they're just sort of out to lunch on things. And then the person goes on to say that even though they're out of touch with reality, but they should know better. Okay? So a fool in this, in this person's mind was, is someone that's out of touch with reality, but they should know better. Like, you know better. And how we want to explain that is, so if you have a little child, one of these little ones here, two-year-olds, and I know it's happened already, because I've heard stories, a two-year-old will sometimes get curious enough at home or somewhere else, at a wall socket, a plug-in. And I've heard stories of little tykes poking a paper clip or something into that thing. And do you know what happens when you poke a paper clip into one of those things? What happens? Hello? Yeah, there's a fireball. Usually it goes poof, and the breaker flips, and scares everybody, and the child cries. Would you say that that child is a fool? No, probably not, because it didn't understand. Like, it, it wasn't, it didn't know that that was dangerous. It found out that it was dangerous. But now you give an 18-year-old, guys, that has a buddy that says, I dare you to poke that thing in there. What do you give me? I don't know. Just do it. And he pokes it in there. Now that's a fool. Because he knows better. Do you get what I'm saying? The reality is that you know that that is dangerous. That's foolish to put something in there. And you know better. Now we can, we can put that however we want to put that. I was talking about a year ago with one of my customers and I asked him how he's doing, and he was pretty discouraged. He said, well, I don't know if you heard or not, but my daughter is in the hospital. We don't know if she's going to make it. I said, no, I hadn't heard. This is a Mennonite guy. I said, well, what happened? Was she sick? She, he said, no. He said, she was with a group of friends, and she was on the back of a guy's pickup truck. And they decided that they're going to go to some local church's parking lot and do donuts in the parking lot, and she flew off. You would think that they would know that that's not a good thing to do. You see what I mean? That was foolish. A person 
was hurt badly. I think she survived, but she has, she, she, was, she was injured badly. You see, a fool loses touch with reality. A foolish person can lose touch with reality, and they know better. That's the kind of fool that we're talking about. Foolish people. Young people, something that we need to understand is that God created an order. There is, there is social and culture, there's moral and spiritual order that God created. And when we choose to live outside of that, we choose to do our own thing, Scripture calls us a fool. We're foolish. We're foolish. Because we've decided that we can do it our way, maybe, or we've decided that what, what is expected and, 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 and good in God's order doesn't matter. I will do what I want to do. It just in the physical sense, in the physical world, if you decide that you want to do drugs, do you know that that's going to devastate your body physically? That's not in God's order. That's not in God's order. Or any other thing that you decide to do that's out of God's norm and expected way of living. And, 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 the, and Scripture says that is foolishness. It's foolishness. And puts you in the category of a fool because you know. Let's not kid ourselves. We know, for the most part, what is right and what is wrong. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. There are three kinds of fools that I'd like to talk about next. And I'd like to talk first, before we go into the three kinds of fools that Scripture ta- uh, teaches us about, I'd like to just talk a little bit about how we become a fool. How does it happen that we become foolish in our minds and in our hearts? And and, and I take you back to Psalm 14, verse 1, where it says, in his heart he has said. So it's a heart attitude. So the first attitude that a person that is foolish or a fool has is that he has made a choice. This is number one. You can write this down in your notes. This is number one. A fool has made a choice in his heart that he will not trust God, that God is not trustworthy. Okay, young people? That's the first step in becoming foolish. That God is not trustworthy. That God is not who He says He is. That God doesn't have his, the best in mind for me. That I can do whatever I want to outside of God. That's the first step in becoming a fool. It's an active attitude that is lived out in showing a disdain and distrust of God. And we, are, we, we create foolishness, an attitude of foolishness, when we do that. The second choice that we make in becoming a fool is by trusting himself or ourselves rather than God. So there's two things. There's two obvious things. We make a choice that says God isn't trustworthy, but we have to trust something, don't we? And typically we go back and we start trusting ourselves and trust our own heart, our own wisdom, our own way of thinking. And so that's the second step. That's how we become fools. 
we stop trusting God, we start, stop believing that God is who He says He is, that He is a good God, that He is our Heavenly Father, that He is completely trustworthy. It, do, you, do, you, do you see how it's connected with the same kind of attitude that Adam and Eve had? They no longer believed that God was good. Satan came and, and tempted them and in that he made them doubt. God, God's withholding stuff. It's the same attitude that we have. Remember? Foolishness in the heart of a child. It's part of us. It's part of our human nature. But we must fight against it. So there's two steps. We don't trust God, and we begin trusting ourselves. And our own, fool, and our own wisdom becomes our directives in life. There's a quote. To the fool, no one is more trustworthy, wise, or reliable than himself. To the fool, no one is more trustworthy, wise, or reliable than himself. Do you think about that? And I don't know where you're at this morning, uh, young people. But I remember when I was 17, 18, 19, even 20. And I thought, I thought highly of myself. I thought I had it. And my mom and dad didn't have it. I mean, after all, they were out of touch with reality. I was in touch with reality. And I lived a very rebellious life. But the reality was that I was a fool. I was playing the fool. They were the wise. I was the fool. I thought I had it figured out. I didn't want to hear anything about what they said. I wanted my way. And I did it my way. And I, God was merciful. And God is merciful. And He does, he does bring us to places where we need to repent when we choose to forget God and trust ourselves, we become arrogant and we become willing to reject authority and instruction that brings goodness and direction in our life. The fool says, I don't need instruction because he knows it all. The fool says, I don't need correction because I'm never wrong. And the fool doesn't need to mature in character because he is wise in his own, way, in his own ways. And that's the attitude of a fool. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine, on thine, unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. That's a, we, we know that. We've memorized that. That's exactly what it means. That's exactly what it means. Three kinds of fools. Three kinds of fools. I remember when I was in high school and Dave Hosteller was high school teacher. He would make us read through Proverbs like he had printouts. And every morning that we didn't have group chapel, we had devotions in our classroom, we would, have, we would stand up and read Proverbs. And we would make our way through the entire book of Proverbs. And I... I to this day, 
I remember those Proverbs. And over and over we would read those. And to the point where, you know, we sort of just skimmed over them. We didn't. But really, it, it, a lot of those Proverbs still stick with me today. And I, I appreciate that today. Like, I look back on that as a very significant time in my life. And how he just orchestrated that. And we could just read through the Proverbs. Proverbs speaks so much to us about wisdom and foolishness. And so the three foolish or the three the three kinds of fools come from the from the book of Proverbs. The I compiled this from from um, oh Bill Gothard's um, books on um, I forget what they're called Institute of Youth and whatever it is. But I had I had a, a readout of that, and he compiled about five or six of them. And I thought, well, that's stretching it pretty far. So I, I, I summarized it into about three different kinds of fools that I, it just really resonated with me. So it's not all original with me. I, I made it so where it made sense for me. So listen carefully. Fool number one that the Bible talks about, fool number one, is called a simple fool. Simple fool. We're not talking about a simpleton, okay? Not a simpleton. You, you understand what I'm saying? There are, there are those people who have just maybe not developed well, socially or whatever. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a different kind of simple fool. In Proverbs 14, verse 15, it says, The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. So what does a simple fool look like? This is what it looks like. The simple fool lacks discernment in life. If you lack discernment in life, if, you, if, if, if it's difficult for you to understand truth, if you don't like to understand truth, directives from your parents, correction from mom and dad, or directives from a teacher, or anybody in authority, if it's difficult for you to understand truth, or you don't gravitate towards truth, then you're probably what is called simple, a simple fool. A fool that's just doesn't truth and that doesn't really matter that much to you. He lacks discernment. <clears throat> the simple fool has a difficult time seeing the cause and effect of life. It's difficult for you to understand that if I do this, something's going to happen. Like you just kind of go at life and whatever happens, happens. That's called a simple fool. Because he lacks discernment, he is easily captivated by all kinds of glamorous and enticing things. A simple fool is a gullible person. Okay? A simple fool is a gullible person. They believe just about anything. And they, they, they run after things that really grab their attention. This kind of fool is easily led and influenced because they are so unsure of who they are and insecure in who they are and they need to be validated and approved, they follow those that they think are cool. They, don't, they have a hard time standing on their own two feet. It's a little bit like a child who has no discernment and understanding and therefore will stick things in 
to the into the into the plugin. Just a little bit like that. That's a simple fool. They lack a long obedience in the same direction. They lack a long obedience. They they, they just sort of go from one wild thing to the next because they need that validation. Fool number two is a scorning fool. A fool that scorns. A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Do you find yourself scorning this morning sometimes, young people? You know what? I find myself doing that sometimes. Depending on the situation, I can just have sort of this attitude of scorn that surges through me. Disdain for whatever, whoever, just kind of gets me. You ever feel that way? Yeah? Scripture says that attitude is the attitude of a fool. Especially when it's directed towards someone that is in authority or gives directions or is in leadership. Have you ever rolled your eyes at your mom and dad after they turned their back? Did you know that in the Hebrew, the word for the scorning literally means that? Making a mouth? Did you know that? That's a scorner? Be careful, young people, about being a scornful person. To make a mouth and to scoff. This kind of fool expresses his disdain and contempt towards authority by visible expression and through, through a derisive attitude and behavior or speech. A scorning fool is completely and utterly about himself. They are proud and arrogant in all of their dealings. They project themselves as someone that's important, that has it all together. And, unfortunately, they often have a following. And I'm sure you teachers, you that teach or in school over the years have seen this. I've seen it happen where you sort of have a bully. Someone that, and his attitude just really stinks. Like he's just a, but somehow there's those that maybe the, the, the other fool that just kind of gravitate towards him. Do you know what I'm talking about? And they have a following. Be careful, young people, about being that kind of a person. That's a scorning kind of fool, Proverbs says. In my studies, I also read this. A lot of people who are successful in life, because that a scorner is arrogant and abusive to some degree, listen to me carefully, they can be a bully and, and therefore relationships are not important to them. So if you want to know if you're that kind of person, just look at the relationships that are in shatters behind you. Because a, a fool that, will, that is a scorning fool, 
will drop you like a hot potato. You will think that he's your friend and that you're his friend, but as soon as, it, as, soon as you're not serving his purpose or whatever, he'll drop you. And you're like, I thought we were friends. That's, that's part of the attitude of a fool that's scorning. And in my, in my research and studying on this, they said there's a lot of corporate big shots with this kind of an attitude because they just plow through. They don't care. They, they want what they want. And I found that interesting. Like, really? That's just something to think about. What kind of attitude do I have? Am I a scorner? At the end, this kind of fool gravitates towards the things that are an abomination to God because they are all about themselves. They forget that there is a God that has a created order and they refuse to live in it. They ridicule, they're scornful, they're skeptical, they're ruthless in their relationships. Number three, the third kind of fool is a stubborn or a steadfast fool, a stubborn fool. And perhaps, this is the most dangerous one, I don't know, a stubborn person is a really, really unhandy person. Just ask my wife. I can be stubborn. I don't want to be a fool. But there are times, as I look back across my life, I thought, you know what, that was, that was playing the fool. I was stubborn because I wanted what I wanted and I believed what I believed and I was not willing to listen. Nabal is the Hebrew word for this, stubborn or steadfast. Nabal. How many know of a man named Nabal in Scripture? Do you know what his wife called him? Abigail was his wife. And if you recall the story, David and his band of men were hiding out in the country close to where this man Nabal's house and his wealth and whatever was. And there were, there were enemies coming and taking of the flock, sheep, and whatever of this man Nabal. He was a wealthy man. And David and his band of men fought against them. Like they protected Nabal's flocks and sheep and whatever from these marauding bands of men that would come and try to steal. Well, David thought that because they were so good to this Nabal that they should, go, should be able to go and ask him for some food and help and whatever. And Nabal was not impressed and sent them away, whatever, and said, absolutely not. There's nothing, I, I will not give you anything. Stubborn, foolish, arrogant, you name it. And it made David so mad that he decided, you know what? That's it. I'm going to go kill the guy. And he gets his men. And they're on their way. They're going to wipe this guy out. Nabal's wife, Abigail, which became David's wife later, came out with food and provisions and said, don't do it. He is a fool. Nabal is his name, and that's how he is. He is a stubborn, stiff-necked man. It's the Hebrew word for this kind of a fool. Nabal, that's his name. He is self-confident, closed-minded. He is his own God and freely indulges in sinful nature. In his sinful nature. A stubborn fool totally rejects God and his ways. 
and it is impossible to reprove him. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. And it says in Proverbs that if you try to reprove this kind of fool, that he will turn on you in wrath. This kind of person you cannot reason with. You cannot reason with. Only God can move in that kind of a person's heart, I believe. Okay, wrapping this up. <clears throat> how, can we be, how can we avoid becoming this kind, these kind of people? How can we avoid becoming fools like this? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. And I'm suggesting, young people, that if you want to not be this kind of fool, this kind of destructive kind of fool, this kind of person, then you have to become a different kind of fool. Okay? You need to become a wise fool. A wise fool is someone who is also seriously out of touch with reality, but instead of turning to himself for wisdom and the world for wisdom, he humbles himself at the foot of the cross and becomes a wise fool. He embraces the wisdom that is from God through salvation. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says this, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish. The word perish is simply those that are dying spiritually. They're not spiritually in tune. They are not... Spiritual things don't make sense to them. And they hear the preaching of the gospel and preaching of the cross. It's foolishness to them. Like, doesn't make sense. Why this? But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. That's you, young people. That's all of us sitting here that have been born again. It makes sense to us because it's changed us. The gospel of Jesus Christ has changed us. If you don't want to be a destructive kind of person, a fool, then embrace this reality. And we're going to read some more. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. And he's talking about an earthly, worldly kind of wisdom. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew him not. Did you catch that? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. They, they, they forgot God. In their own wisdom, in their own minds, in their own way of thinking, they said they forgot God. Foolishness. They forgot him. I was thinking about back in the Tower of Babel. God said to himself, he had a conversation with himself and said, look, we've got to go do something because these guys, they're going to become something that, that I don't like. So let's go down and make them speak different languages so that they cannot work together very well. You see the wisdom in God? But see, that's the same attitude that we can have. The wisdom, we forget God. Romans chapter 1. Read Romans chapter 1 where it says 
they forgot God, and God turned their minds over or, or gave them reprobate minds and lasciviousness, all sorts of evil things they did. That's what happens. For after that, the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. So the, the Jews are saying, look, you've got to give me a sign before I believe. And the, and, the, and, the, and the Greeks say, well, it doesn't sound very wise to me, so it can't, be, it can't be believed. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greek foolishness. But unto them which are called both Jew and Greek, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Young people, if you want to be a wise fool, embrace the reality of the gospel and how it's changed you in the inner man. And reject the wisdom that is out there. Reject what the world, your friends, or whoever says, this, is, this really is cool. Reject that and embrace the wisdom that comes to you in your surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's real wisdom. That's what we're after. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Now turn over to me, over to uh, chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians. Chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, verse 18. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, are all are yours. And ye are Christ's and Christ is God's. You get the picture? You get the picture, young people? There is something that we need to remember. And that is God created an order that if we embrace, we become very wise. Not according to the world. Not according to the world. The world will look on and will say, what a fool. What a fool. What a foolish young man. He can't have any fun. Look at that. Same with you ladies. The world looks at that and does not understand. When Paul was in Ephesus preaching about an unknown God, do you know what they called him? They called him a babbler. You know what a babbler is? A fool. Do you know why they called him a fool? Because what he preached didn't make sense to them because their heart wasn't regenerated. But he was preaching the gospel. He was telling them about the one true God, the only God that is true. They called him a babbler. Some of them were like angry with him. Then there was a few that said, you know what? I want to hear him again. And there was a few that followed him. Wisdom that is not from this world comes from above. And that's the wisdom that we want. Let him, become a, let him become a fool 
that he may be wise. A fool for Christ. Every one of us this morning needs to be a fool. Which one will you be? Will you be a carnal fool or will you be a Christian fool? A fool for Christ. If you want to become supremely wise, then embrace the proclamation of the gospel in repentance and allow the insanity of God to change you. Because that goes against all that the world thinks is wise. In the end, if we live that kind of life, we will hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of my Lord. I'm not going to read through this, but if you want to get a picture, young people, and I'm going to put this to you, if you want to get a picture of what a fool for Christ looks like, then in the next week, I, I invite you to read through the Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel of Matthew. Read through the entire thing. Read through the entire Sermon on the Mount. Slowly and steadily and digest what Jesus teaches in the Sermon on the Mount. You start with the Beatitudes, that gives you a good picture of what a fool for Christ looks like. It's nothing what the world says you should look like. It's exactly the opposite often. Read through the Sermon on the Mount if you, want to, if you want to have a clear picture of what a fool for Christ looks like. You want to be wise? Then follow Christ. Submit to Him. Allow Him to give your, you directives. Submit to His Word. In the Gospels, at the end of the, of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, look, if you really want to be wise, then you will do my commandments. And he gives you the story of the wise man and the foolish man. One built his house on the rock, right? And one on the sand. Jesus said, I am the one that is, gives wisdom. True wisdom comes from him. So young people, be wise in Christ. Don't be ashamed of him. Walk fully and circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, Paul says. Walk worthy of the calling with where you've been called. And I will guarantee you, your life will be a blessing. Not only to yourself, but to many, many people around you. But you have to allow God, you have to sur surrender to, to His will and His ways. And it happens now. It begins now. All right, shall we pray? Thank you, God, for this word and the truth of what it looks like when we are not living according to your purpose and intended desires. We become foolish when we go our own way and we develop attitudes that are foolish. So, Father, as we think about what was said, I pray that your spirit would impact us, cause us to change. Even, even us older ones, Father, where we recognize the tendencies of our foolish hearts and we go after things that, make, that from a world standpoint are so tempting and yet 
probably are foolish. So help us, Father, all of us, not just the young people, all of us here at Sandy Ridge and those that are visiting, to consider our ways. Are we living in true wisdom, foolishness for Christ? We pray in Jesus' name, amen.